bow our hearts to him tonight. Father, it's wonderful to bow our heads to a great God. Lord, you're not great because we say you're great. You're great because you are great. Lord, you're so great that you would come down and become human, Lord, and understand the things that we go through, the sicknesses in our body, situations that we face, Lord, that you can be a sympathizing Jesus, a high priest that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmity. Lord, there's sickness around us today, Lord, and we just ask, Father, that you would come and touch hearts and lives. Minister, Lord, to them, Father, give them strength in their bodies to overcome. Lord, we just ask that you would come and minister to those, Lord, that have needs, Father, in their spirits, Lord. May they, they may be wounded some way or hurt. Lord, may they be able to rise up above it, I pray. Lord, and just come again into your presence, Father. We just want to say, Father, how much we love you and how much we appreciate you for being our God. Lord, in this tumultuous time that we live in, Father, we can still have our blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Father, just looking for that day when you return, Lord, with the saints of God and we go to meet you in the air, what a day that'll be. Lord, we commit our hearts to your hands, everything to be said and done in this service. May it be for your glory and for your honor. Lord, if there be anything that we've done that would hurt you in any way, we ask, Lord, that your forgiveness would come upon our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name for your glory. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 6. <clears throat> It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Still uh, kind of getting over some jet lag this uh, this week, and your mind's a little bit scrambled and hard to focus, but we're glad to be here tonight. Amen. It's always good to be home. Amen. We will be again going this weekend uh, for that wedding for Brother Joshua Pruitt and his wife-to-be and, and for the Pruitt family, so... Be there in Oklahoma with them this weekend. So, amen. Looking forward to what the Lord has in store for them. Amen. Revelations chapter 6 and verse 5. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had, the pair, had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine amen we let you be seated this evening I'd like to speak to you on hurt not the oil and the wine just looking as we uh, I've personally been going through the uh, seven seals and listening to them and uh just seeing what God has revealed in our age, amen, as we we're all, have, all know some of these things, but just to go over them, rehearse them in our minds, as we know that the ages have been, uh, Satan has tried to destroy the light in every age, 
He's tried to put it out in every age. And, and we know that the, the four horses symbolizing him as he rides and the white horse is the Antichrist spirit and the red horse and the black horse and, and into the pale horse. Uh, but also that it's very comforting to know that it's not just him there, but there's also four anointings that are there to combat him as he would take his ride. And we know that those anointings be the lion and the ox and the man and the eagle. And, and I'm thankful to know that today that we're not fighting him alone, but and we're not fighting the darkness alone, but there's a light that is with us and is combating the darkness that is around us. As we know that it's the same demon, that same devil, same Satan that would ride all the way down through every age. It's also the same God watching over his people in every age. Because he's determined to have a life in every age. He's determined to have a people in every age. He's determined. I'm thankful for that because I'm, I'm thankful to know that he's determined to have the, as he was in the first, second, third, fourth, all the way down. He's just as determined tonight to have a people in this age and overcomer. And so to have that, he would have to give us strength or the ability or an anointing to make sure his word would come to pass. Now, we know that this black horse is representing the dark ages, and we know in that time it was a very dark time as, as darkness would try to put out the last bit of light. It would try to put out that last bit of life that is coming through the seed or through the plant. It was trying to kill that life, and it was trying to stop that life from going through, but we also see here that he spoke up and he said, don't touch, don't hurt the oil and the wine or the life that is going through the body. There must be a life to continue because if that life was stopped in, the, in that age, in us in our time, we would not have no hope. Amen. We would be, it'd be nothing but a dead plant. But God was determined that this life was going to continue in every age. And it didn't matter what little bit it got down to, how many, what little group it got through, it was going to go through every, every spot. Now we see as this oil and wine, amen, it, it symbolizes something. The oil symbolizes the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit. And you can see oil all through the Bible. You can see it in Le Leviticus 8 and verse 12 where Aaron was anointed with oil. You can see it in Zechariah 4 and 12, the oil that came down through the pipes and so forth. You can see, uh, and it said, this is my spirit. You can see it in Matthew 14 and verse 25 in the foolish virgins that had no oil, no spirit and the wise versions that had oil and had spirit. And you can see it all through the Bible. Now, also, many times through the Bible, oil and wine is together. You can see it. I, I was just looking at it in the, in the, in the man who came to the, uh, the, the Good Samaritan. As he would find that man that was wounded on the road, he would, he would uh, address him with oil and with wine. Amen. So it also, it comes together. You cannot, you cannot divide it. All simply, templi, uh, templifies the spirit. It symbolizes the spirit, but wine symbolizes the stimulation of revelation. Amen. So where their spirit is, there's also the stimulation of revelation. Amen. He said, Brother Brandon would say, when I realized what that stood for, he said, I like to ran all over the place. He said, it's a wonder I didn't wake up the neighborhood when God showed me that. The stimulation of revelation, oil and wine in the Bible is always uh, associated together. He said, I've seen it all the way down to the concordances, down to the scriptures. He said, when the 
truth of the promised word of God has been truly revealed. His saints that's filled with oil, they will all get stimulated. Amen. If they're filled with oil, they will all get stimulated. So if you see someone that's not stimulated, you find maybe there's a problem. They don't have the oil. Amen. Because it's always running. He said it here. It's in the seals. Wine is a stimulation. He said, glory. I feel it right now. Stimulated with joy. Shouts. And when it does, it has the same effect upon them that wine that, that, that wine has upon the natural man. Amen. Has the same effect as wine has upon the natural man because when revelation has been given of the truth of God, the true believer that's filled with oil, the revelation is revealed and the stimulation becomes so great that it makes him behave himself unnormally. Hallelujah. That means you cannot have the oil and be a normal person. You're not going to be normal when it comes to being compared to this world. Thank God. I'm thankful that when it comes, becomes, uh, comes to being compared to this world, I'm not thought of being a normal person. Amen. Because what's thought of being normal is not who I am or who I want to be. But what I am is a child of God, a son of God, and therefore as a son of God, filled with the oil of God and stimulated by the revelation of who he is and who I am, it makes me act unnormally. It makes something happen on the inside. Amen. It makes them behave themselves unseemingly. Well, I believe in church order. Well, you ought to go listen to the seals again. Amen. Brother Branham talks about it very clearly. He says, when someone has the oil of God in them and the revelation falls upon their heart, they can't help but be stimulated. There's something that reacts. There's something that moves. There's this unseen force, he would call it in places. You know, there's a man one time that would talk about it. A doctor actually says, talks about somebody, uh, you know, just reacting. He said... He said, you can't react unless there's something, amen, to cause a reaction. And he said, what is happening to people when they begin to scream amen or they begin to shout? He said, it's the unseen force of the angels of God that are moving upon them that's causing them to act that way. Amen. Therefore, it causes us to act unnormally or to be classified as holy rollers. I'd rather be a holy roller than an unholy roller. Amen. Because I see them all over the world. You say, well, there's something about these, you know, a holy roller. That's a bad name. No, what's a bad name is an unholy roller. Because you see them at different places when they get stimulated by what stimulates them and the world and their and the things that they bring enjoyment and what brings enjoyment to them. And they get all tore up about it and they roll around about it and they shout about it. Well, if they can shout about those kind of things of the world, how, why can't we shout about the goodness of God? and the the miracles of God and the healings of God and the deliverance of God and the word of God and it shows me who I am and I'm not lost, I'm saved. Amen, I'm not bound, I'm free. Amen, it shows me who I am. It causes a stimulation on the inside. It causes something to happen, amen, when that that begins to take place. And he said, you can turn right over to Acts 2 and he goes right there and he said, they had the promise that had been given them when all 
the promise of, of the Holy Spirit was to be poured out, scripturally vindicated. He said, what did they say? Now wait. He told us to wait here for our ministry. He said, maybe after a few days, a few of them got a little sideways and decided, you know what? I think we already got it. We already got it. He said, why are we waiting for? We've already got it. And others said, well, let's just wait another day. Nine days come. Well, I think we already got it. He said, but Simon stood up who had the keys. And he said, now, wait a minute. The scripture's got something to say with this. He never told us just how many days to wait. He said, you stay there until, until what? Joel's prophecy comes to pass. Until Isaiah's prophecy is vindicated. For with stammering lips and with other tongues will I speak to this people. And this is the refreshment. This is the wine that's poured out. Hallelujah. What is wine in the Bible? It's a refreshment. It's the refreshment that comes from the presence of the Lord. It's got to be scriptural now. You see, wine represents stimulation of revelation. And when the Holy Ghost fell, they seen fire of God fall upon them. My, that began to stimulate them. And the first thing you know, they got so stimulated till people actually thought they were drunk. But they weren't drunk with some wine of the world. They were drunk by the, being stimulated by the revelation that the Holy Ghost is not just there anymore or in a body called Jesus. It's now in human flesh in 120 in the upper room. And they realized then that the same life that was in Jesus is now living on the inside of them. That if he overcame, they can overcome. Hallelujah. Amen. And this is what's beginning to cause a stimulation on the inside of them. That caused an excitement. Well, I don't know about that excitement. Well, it causes that. It might cause it in different ways and other people, and, and, you know, and, and, and just as natural wine has different effects. Amen. So does this. It has different effects. Amen. But the main thing is to realize I need to be filled with the oil of God. Amen. So when the revelation comes, the stimulation is there with it. Amen. God vindicated revelation made plain to them and they was happy about it. Well, then what's wrong with us being happy about it? God's revelated plan for this day has been made plain to us. How come we can't be happy about it? When we realize, amen, we're not just continuing on and to perpetuate another generation or another church age, but this is the last age. This is the rapture age. This is the bride age. This is the coming of the Lord. How come we can't be happy about it? It causes a stimulation. It causes something to happen on the inside. He said, that's the reason Peter can get out there and say, why you men of Judea? You dwell in Jerusalem. Listen to me. Are you not doctors of divinity? Listen to what I'm going to tell you. How wonderful. Revealed, revealed. They become so stimulated when they seen it vindicated. They saw it vindicated. Therefore, it caused a stimulation. They saw a revelation revealed. Therefore, it caused something on the inside of them to react. Why? Because they had something on the inside. Amen. 
you know, people, people say, well, you know, you, you tell those testimonies about Sister Lana, you tell them about Sister Mariah, or you tell them about Sister Karen, you tell them about Brother David, or, or this one, or that one, or another. You know, why do we do that? Because it's the word that's been vindicated or revealed. It shows Jesus Christ among us. Amen. Therefore, amen, it causes a reaction. Uh, it causes it to also stimulate faith. I've seen it happen. You go to telling testimonies and the goodness of God and the things of God. Amen. Faith starts building. It starts stimulating on something on the inside of somebody else to say, hey, if God healed her, he can heal me. If God delivered that one, he can deliver me. Amen. Brother Tim told about Brother Justin's salvation just around a few days ago. And I can't tell you how many come up and said, I want my son delivered. I want my husband back. I want my family back together. If God can do it for them, he can do it for me. It causes a stimulation of faith. But darkness is trying to put it out. And darkness is trying to say it can't happen. And darkness is pushing against it. But God said, don't touch the oil and the wine. Don't, don't touch that. Amen. When I see God promise to do a certain thing in these days, and he's promised to break these seals in the last day, and you don't know the joy and the glory, when I see he's revealed this, and stand there and watch it happen. And he said, he never did say one thing to us about what, what wouldn't happen. And then to see the joy that's in my heart. When I see his promise for this last day, as he promised he would do it. And here he is doing it. He's vindicating it and he's making it perfectly right. He said, whoa, I feel religious. And people think we ought to sit around like a bunch of bumps on the log and... Come on now. I saw my name in the book. The book came open and I got a peek on the inside of there. <laughs> don't you think that, amen, don't you think that uh, Haman, he was, after, he was after Esther and Mordecai, amen, but the Bible said the book was open, the book of remembrance was open one night and he began to read in there, the king began to read in there and find out that Mordecai had saved his life and nothing had been done for Mordecai. He said, what, what happened? The book, when the book came open, Mordecai and Haman traded places. Hallelujah. When the book came open, don't you think Mordecai got a little stimulated when he realized the, the gallows that had been built for him no longer was for him, but they was for the one who built them. Amen. And there, Mordecai, one, one moment was going to be hanging there, and the next moment, Haman is hanging there. I believe that stimulated him a little bit. And you mean to tell me I'm not supposed to get happy and shout about things when I realize hell ain't for me no more? I never was going to hell. Hell's not my home. But it's for the devil and his angels, the very one that's trying to kill me. The very one that's trying to destroy me is going to be destroyed. I'm not supposed to get excited about that. I'm just supposed to, well, that's a pretty good story. No, it's a revelation. (laughs) 
stimulated by revelation. The, the ones in the upper room became so stimulated over the revelation that, they been, that the promise was vindicated. They broke out the joy of stimulation until the people said they're drunk with new wine. When God revealed his promise to them, and not only did he reveal it, he proved it. That's what I've always said. A man can say anything, but when God comes around and vindicates it and proves it, the Bible said, if there be anyone among you who claims to be spiritual or prophet, if he says these things that don't come to pass, then don't pay attention to him. Don't fear him at all. Don't fear that man. For what he says don't come to pass, that's not me, that's him. But if he is said, but if he does speak it and it comes to pass, then it's me. You know, there's a little Samaritan woman. Scripture said that Messiah would do things and he would, he would vindicate a certain way and he would do this. And she was, she come down to a well and she, she begins to talk to him and, and he begins to reveal things to her. Maybe the first time he said something, she might have thought, well, he guessed pretty good on that. But when he hit it time after time after time after time, there wasn't, this wasn't no guessing. This wasn't no accident. This was on purpose. And begin to tell her the, the secrets of her heart. This wasn't an accident. This was on purpose. Amen. And listen, all of these things that have taken place, it's not an accident. It's on purpose. God is calling to the hearts of men and women on purpose. Amen. Revealing things and, and doing things. It's not by accident. And he's speaking to her. And here she thought, you know, things were so important. Her water pot was so important. This was so important. You know, her way she worshiped was so important. And he began to check it off one by one by one by one. And she said, you know, when, when the Messiah comes, he'll, he'll do this. He said, I am he. And that revelation struck her heart. And Brother Branham said when that became revealed to her that she wasn't standing before just a Jew or standing before just a prophet, she was standing before Messiah, she got stimulated. There was a revelation that broke forth and she began to realize, hey, this man told me everything. He's exactly who he says he is. Amen. She began to run into the city. He said she'd done things unseemly. Out of character for a woman of her, of her type and who she was and of her position. It seemed unseemly, but she became so stimulated by the revelation that this is not just a prophet. This is the Messiah. Hallelujah. Amen. There ought to be the same people when you went down to a well one day and you was thirsty and you wanted a drink and you begin to realize the person talking to you was not just a preacher or not just somebody, but it was Jesus speaking to you and something began to resonate. Hey, that's the, that's the truth. I want to hear more about that. I want to hear me and begin to make you act unseemly. You left family, you left churches, you left this or that and the other to find the truth because it was something stimulated you. Then stimulation started away. She went shouting, shouting. She didn't come and see what I've heard today. It was great. I had a good time. Uh-uh. 
She was shouting. She left her old water pot and said, come and see. Amen. It caused her to act unseemly. It caused her to act unnormally. Amen. She was changed. It changed her whole thought process. It changed everything about her. It changed what she thought, the day, what the rest of the day was going to hold. The rest of the day wasn't even important no more. What was important is I need to go tell somebody to come taste what I have tasted, to come see what I have saw. Because seed was coming to life, and it was causing a stimulation on the inside. Oh, okay. It was something happening that was moving. There was things that were taking place. Amen. Things were growing. Things were moving. But here's this writer in black. Darkness. Been a white horse. Been a red horse, black horse. And here he is trying to put it all out. Blackness, darkness, trying to make his last stand. Trying this, I found light at its weakest spot. I found it where it can't, it can't, it, if I can just put it out, it's over. <laughs> I, I found her in a weak moment. And if I can just put that last little flicker of hope out, she's done. If I can just put out that last little flicker of trust, it's over with. If I can just stop it right here. And he's pushing and he's blowing and he's about to make his last charge. Amen. But all of a sudden, out of the midst of the throne, a voice speaks. Amen. Brother Bram said this wasn't one of the beasts that spoke. He said this was the lamb that spoke. Hallelujah. And the lamb spoke and said, don't hurt my oil and wine. Don't you touch it. That is mine. It must go through. Hallelujah. Why? Because there was a people in this age that was going to have to take a drink of it. That was going to have to take the life of it. That was going to have to become, amen, the oil and the wine would have to be poured out in this generation. So there had to be oil and wine to pour out. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, in other words, if you catch some of my little flock that's filled with my oil and wine or the pure word, you're going to kill them because you're going to do that. That's what you're going to do. Don't you, for, you, don't you force them to say any Hail Marys or do anything like that, some of your creeds. You keep your hands off of them. They know where they're going. For they anointed with my oil. And being anointed my oil, they have the wine of joy. Because they know my word of promise. And I'm going to raise them up again. Don't hurt that. Don't go try to messing them up. Just keep away from them. Hallelujah. Amen. Maybe you're here tonight and the devil has been trying to put out your last glimmer of hope and your last moments and your last time. But there's a voice that is speaking. Said, don't touch them. That's my oil and that's my wine. That's my people. And they must go through. They must.
must go through. There must be a people here for a body change. There must be a people here for a rapture, a resurrection. That's my people. There'd already been a white horse, red. Here comes a black, same rider all the way down. Here he was charging for life, measure of wheat for a penny, measure of barley, symbolizing spirit, whole, and joy of wine. Spiritual life, but that spiritual life, don't hurt that. Leave it alone. And the voice is still speaking today. That spiritual life, don't hurt that. Leave it alone. It's mine. That belongs to me. Hallelujah. As we said, he said it was not one of the four beasts that said don't touch the oil and wine. The four beasts had been talking. Come and see. But in a little bit, you see a measure of penny for a, a three measures of barley for a penny. See that thou hurt not the oil of wine. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts. What was it? It was the lamb. It wasn't the four beasts. The lamb said it. The lamb said it. Don't touch the oil and the wine. The lamb said it. Amen. We must still have the spirit. We must still have the stimulation of revelation. We must still have the oil. We must still have the wine. Don't touch that. The lamb said it. He's going to take his own. That belongs to him to redeem. Don't you touch that oil. Not of the four beasts, but the lamb. The four beasts didn't announce this. The lamb said it itself. Come, the four beasts said, come and see. But the lamb said, don't hurt the wine and the oil. Listen to it. Don't you hurt it. You're going to pay for it. And I said, I don't condemn a drunkard for going out and getting drunk. He's all moody. He don't know. He gets in the morning. He's got the blues. This is enticing spirits. He said, a hangover gets out and gets him two or three bottles of beer, gets out and gets some whiskey and all kinds of stuff. I don't blame on him. But he said, shame on you, profess to be a Christian and rely on such things for joy when the Holy Ghost gospel is nothing but one great big powerhouse of joy. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost gospel is a perfect intoxication for every man that's got the blues. If you got the blues tonight, why don't you take another drink? Come on now. If you're all depressed, why don't you take another drink? If you're all down and disheartened, why don't you take another drink? Well, I just want to take my life. Don't take your life. Take another drink. Amen, don't take your life. Take another drink of the Holy Ghost and let him pour down upon you. Let him wash over you again. Let him push out all that darkness that's trying to put out your last flicker of hope. There's an enticing spirit that is trying to entice people away from the moving of the Holy Ghost and make it a cold, formal religion. I'm not interested in a cold form of religion. You say, well, you're trying to make everybody shout. No, I'm trying to make everybody worship. 
You may worship with your hands in the air and tears coming down your face and you can't say a word, but just worship in spirit and in truth. The oil and the wine, the stimulation, however it stimulates you, let it work on you. Don't try to put caps on it and limitations upon it and say, we can only do so much and put it in a box. Let it go. Let it do its work. Said you take a drink of the gospel of Jesus Christ, be filled with the Holy Ghost, you're drunk until you leave this world. Now there's another woman that's drunk on the blood of the saints. She's intoxicated because of her murderous spirit, murdering and killing and raping and pillaging and plundering. She's drunk on it. But there's also another woman that is drunk. (laughs) She's not drunk on her rapes and her murders and and all the all the things that she has done, and that's the no, she's drunk on the spirit of Almighty God. There's something else that is intoxicated. Listen, this world is intoxicated. They literally have to be intoxicated to do what they're doing. They're drunk on a certain drink. It's the a, it's a spirit of Laodicea. And it's causing them to be blind and naked and they don't even know it. That's a drunk person. They totally lost all senses. They totally lost everything about them. They totally don't even know what's right, what's wrong, what's up, what's down, what's sensible, what's not sensible. They've totally lost all morals. They have become drunk, intoxicated, and ready for destruction. But there's also another people that is also becoming drunk. Drunk on the Holy Spirit of God. And it's so taken over their thinking that they can't think like this world thinks. They can't think about how the things around them and all the situation, they're not even concerned about that. They are intoxicated for a rapture, for leaving here, for going away. It's a constant intoxication. He said, well, I don't feel very intoxicated. We'll take another drink. It's a constant stimulation. There's a quote. I, I'm not coming. It's a constant stimulation. Well, I don't feel very joyful. We'll take another drink. It's unlimited supply. If you ain't drunk, it's your fault. If you ain't intoxicated, it's your problem, your fault. It ain't because it's not there. It ain't because it ain't affordable. It's been made affordable. It's been made free by the blood of Jesus Christ. He gave his life and he shed it so his spirit could be let loose. Amen. We have the ability to get drunk. Well, it might make me act a certain way. Well, if you're worried about that, you ain't never got to worry about getting drunk. Because you're worried about that more than being drunk. But a person that's a real drinker, he don't care what he acts like after he gets drunk. (laughs) He don't care. He could care less. He could care less what's going on around him once he's drunk. (laughs) 
there ain't a drunk person right now. If you find a real drunk that could care anything about what happened yesterday in the elections. He could care less. Red, blue, <laughs> all I see is another bottle. That's all he's interested in because he's a real drunk. Well, there's some people in this world that's also a bunch of real drunks. <laughs> You're making me nervous. I don't know about that, Brother Tim. There's a constant stimulation. It's a constant intoxication. Drunk day and night. That's the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. You say, well, I don't feel it. Well, take another drink. Start pulling some more in and say, God, I need more of you. Now, the power of revelation brings stimulation to the believer. For the power of wine, natural wine, is to stimulate, is to bring a person that's all slumped down to stimulation. Well, I just, uh, I, I'll sing you my old good song for somebody slumped down. I'm depressed, I'm depressed. Every day that I live, I'm depressed. When I wake up in the morning, when I lay my head to rest, I'll kill myself, I'll kill myself. You're drunk on the wrong thing. <laughs> but if you start taking a drink, and you start drinking in the word of God. And you begin to realize, oh, oh, look at there. That's me right there, mama. Mama, that's me right there. I'm blessed. I am blessed. Every day that I live, I am blessed. Doesn't matter if a Democrat or a Republican is in power. I am blessed. Doesn't matter what's going on around me. I'm blessed. It doesn't matter what's happening in the church. I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Is there any more blessed among us? You realize God is in our midst. We're blessed. God is healing us. We're blessed. God is saving our children. We're blessed. God is moving among us. We're blessed. God is putting families back together. We're blessed. God is bringing the last ones in. We're blessed. Any moment now, the dead in Christ is going to rise. I'm blessed. It causes a stimulation of revelation. Something on the inside. When you realize I'm not going down, I'm going up. I wasn't born to be defeated. I was born to defeat devils and run over hell and not let hell run over me. It's like that story of that mouse. Got chased around by that cat. Cat's I'm gonna kill you. Every corner I got you. Grabbing at his tail, grabbing at this. First thing you know, that cat reached, come over the counter, jumped off, fell into a wine jug. Yeah, that mouse did. Well into he, he thought it was a cat after he got through, I guess. <laughs> that mouse fell over in that wine jug, and he about drowned in that thing. That's what you want. You want some wine you can drown in. 
not just some wine you can get your feet wet, some wine you can just about drown in. Because the other way, only way to keep from drowning in it is to drink it. And he starts drinking and he come up little Finally, he used to get so stimulated, he forgot he was a mouse. He pulled himself up and he looked over that old, that old lid of that jar and he looks at where that cat at now. The story doesn't change. He doesn't got stimulated enough to believe I can whoop that cat. I can beat that cat. That cat ain't gonna beat me. I'm gonna beat it. Oh, come on, somebody. If you get stimulated and drunk enough, you'll realize that depression ain't gonna defeat me. I'm gonna defeat it. That suicide ain't taking my life. I'm gonna overcome it. Because you've been drinking on the word of God. And it stimulated you enough till your faith muscles begin to pop out. And you realize, where's that devil at now? That's been tormenting my child. Where's he at that's been destroying my family? I'm here to take charge. It brings a person that's all slumped down to stimulation. So in other words, it gets you out of your slump. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's a good one right there. Get out, get out of your slump. Been in a slump. Hello? What's a slump, Brother Timothy? Well, kind of like a guy's trying to hit a baseball, and he can't, you know, they call him, they say he's in a slump. He ain't hit nothing in a while. 0 for 3 one night, 0 for 4 the other night, 0 for 5 the next night, 0 for whatever, 0 for, 0 for, 0 for. <laughs> that sounds like about 0 for me, 0 for me. Brother Jewel would say, wowsy, wowsy, booze. I'm in a slump. Well, get out of it. How do you get out of it? You drink your way out of it. <laughs> I ain't talking about down at Dixie Inn either. You drink your way out of it. This is untapped resources. There's bottles that the lids ain't even been taken off of yet. They're just waiting for you to reach over and... Oh, that's pretty good. Listen, a drunk, if he's a real drunk, he wants to be a real good drunk. You know how to cure a good hangover? Get drunk again. I'm talking spiritually now. Get drunk again. The word gives stimulation of joy to the believer. Stimulation of satisfaction. <laughs> I'm satisfied. Ain't that right, Sister Phyllis? I'm satisfied. Amen. It brings stimulation that is vindicated, is proved. It called in the scriptures that we want to refer to it a new wine. These are drunk on new wine, but really it should be a spiritual wine. A spiritual wine. As the natural wine reveals itself in stimulated power, so does the spiritual wine as it reveals the word of God, which is spirit. The word itself is spirit, and it begins to reveal itself, and it's the spirit that quickeneth. Or makes alive. It's the flesh profiting nothing, but the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. There's a quickening power that comes with it. 
It's not a dead creed. The word itself is spirit. It's spirit in word form. When it's quickened or brought to life, the spirit of the word goes to work and it acts. A thought has to be a thought before it can be a word. When that, when, when that thought is presented, it's a word. God thought that he had, had it in his place in his word, and then we received it from him. It becomes word. God revealed to Moses what to do. God spoke it, and it happened. And it, and it begins to stimulate. It begins to give joy because the word of God, the new wine, the spiritual wine stimulates. And when it reveals the word, then it brings joy beyond measure sometimes. It brings joy, such joy to you just get over flooded. Oh, it ain't a little trinkle, a little sprinkle, a little dot here. And a, no, you get over flooded. David said, my cup overfloweth. It runs over. He said, I know there's a lot of fanaticism. People carrying on. Sometimes they do it when the music's jumping up and down and everything. I know that goes on. I believe that too. I've seen people in the day when as long as the music's playing, everybody's jumping and screaming. When the music stops, they stop. That's, that's still all right as far as I'm concerned. People apparently don't read that part. That's all still all right as far as I'm concerned as long as people live right. Hallelujah. But you start bringing the word. Now that brings, actually brings life as the word. That brings the joy of stimulation of new wine. And that's what it was on Pentecost. On Pentecost when the word was vindicated. He said, behold, I send to you my uh, promise of my father in you, but you go into Jerusalem and wait until, until. Amen, Joel 2, 28. He found out he's gonna pour out his spirit in Isaiah 28 and verse 19. There'd be stammering lips and other tongues and all these things. And somehow that's not even preached no more. But it's right there in the seals. One said, well, maybe we've waited long enough. Let's just accept it by faith. Let's just believe the message and we're saved. That's what, they, that's what he just said. Let's just believe the message that he spoke and we're okay. No, no, you got to have more than that. He said, that's a good Baptist doctrine. It didn't work with them, brothers. So the first thing you know, it had to become a reality. They waited on their ministry for the word to be vindicated. And when you come to seek the Holy Spirit, you do the same. You wait until, yes, you can accept it by faith. You can have, you have to accept Christ by faith. That's exactly right. You accept the Holy Spirit by faith. But let the Holy Spirit come and give the circumcision as a witness. He's accepted your faith. Hello, somebody. We get to the accepting by faith. I believe the message I'm saying. I believe Brother Brandon's a prophet. And I'm saying, no, you're not. You're not saved unless he comes and gives you that seal of circumcision to show you your faith has been accepted. Abraham believed God was imputed him for righteousness, but God gave him the sign of circumcision as a confirmation he had accepted his faith. So it's the same thing with us. 
We must wait until the Holy Spirit has done something. Not necessarily because we spoke in tongues or not because we danced or got emotional, we shouted, until we're changed, until something actually happened. I don't care what form it comes in, just so it happens, that's the main thing. I believe in speaking in tongues. Oh, what, 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 uh, Brother Branham, there's a lot of people in this message that don't. But he did. All those things, other things that are all right, it just that, but just that in itself won't work. You know it won't work. So it doesn't do it. I've seen witches speak in tongues, lay a pencil down, write an unknown tongue, somebody interpret it, tell the truth, wrote just exactly how it happened. I've seen them throw dust in the head, cut themselves with a knife, cover it over the blood of a wildebeest or something, call on the devil. Uh-huh. Speaking in tongues doesn't do it. Though I speak in tongues of men and angels and have not charity, it profits me nothing, though I could do it. So those things don't mean that you have the Holy Spirit. But when he, the person, the immortal spirit of Christ, becomes your personal savior and changes you and changes you and puts your views right straight towards Calvary to his word, then something has happened. Something has happened. No one will have to tell you about it. You'll know it's happened. And when this new wine brings revelation, when it's revealed, that's the way it was on Pentecost, they knew that there was supposed to be a spirit poured out upon them and they waited till this happened. Till this happened. So something that happens is an experience. Till this happened. And when the vindication of revelation took place, then stimulation was upon them. Sure did. They steamed up too. Right out in the streets, they were where they were as afraid before and had the door shut. There they went out in the streets. They'd been afraid of a group of people preaching the gospel to them. Here they began to preach gospel to them. Something had happened because the true word of promise had been vindicated. All right. Then Pentecost had beyond joy. They was really stimulated. He said, I think it does anyone. Just take, a, just take a moment. Just think about David. When he got all stimulated too, he said, my cup runneth over. He had had a great event in his life. What caused him to do that was when he saw the word being returned again. It was when he got a glimpse of Calvary. And he saw the lamb hanging there. And he saw him go down into hell. But he said, I will not leave my soul in hell. Neither you suffer your holy one to seek corruption. I tell you, his cup got to run it over because he seen no matter what, God was going to rise up. He seen the resurrection and his cup began to run over. But he went through another dry spell. In 2 Samuel, they had taken the ark and the enemy had come in and took it. We know the story. They tried to hold on to it. And he said, but it was too hot for them to hold. Mm. He said, their God, Dagon, fell on his face and broke into pieces in front of it. They tried. It was the hottest thing they ever had on their hands. They couldn't get rid of it fast enough. They put it on an ox cart. (laughs) And started back. And when David saw the ark coming, you know what he did? He got so full of stimulation. He seen the word being revealed back to Israel again. And he danced in the spirit all around and around and around. His cup got to running over. Why? 
he saw the word had returned into his place. He said, I think that would make anybody get a little stimulated when they see after all of these years, the true word has been vindicated and is put back in his place again. What a time we're living in. What a time we're living in, church. We're not living under some man's creeds or some man's dogma, but we have fully witnessed the word has returned back again to its rightful place and its rightful position, and everything has been put back. The altar has been rebuilt. The fire has come down and consumed the altar again, and we have saw it and been vindicated right before our very eyes, and we're supposed to sit around like a bunch of bumps on the log. No, sir, no no way, no how, not today, tomorrow, any other day. I've seen God vindicated in this church again. I've seen him moving like he said he would move. I've seen him falling like he said he would fall. I've seen him freeing and delivering like he said he would. I've seen Jesus Christ the same yesterday today and forever right here among us walking up and down these aisles changing hearts and changing lives it causes something on the inside of me to say that's him that's him that's not just a man that's God himself moving and vindicating himself among us what a mighty God we serve What a mighty God we serve. We don't have to be ashamed about our shouts. The lamb said we could. (laughs) We don't have to be ashamed about our dance. The lamb said we could. Come on now. We don't have to be ashamed about our tongues and interpretation. The lamb said we could. We don't have to be ashamed, amen, when the joys of heaven starts overflowing us and we raise our hands and we cry or we shout or we dance, whatever we do, we ain't got to be ashamed about it. We know what he done for us. We know that he visited us. When something has happened, it's not a make-believe or a hope so or a fairy tale. The Holy Ghost is among us and he's changing lives and he's filling us and he's moving us from glory to glory. And one of these days, we're gonna be moved into that last glory, into that body to never go back again. Oh, what a day that's gonna be. It fills my heart with stimulation to think about it one of these days this old rag's going to fall off it's going to be changed no more pain no more suffering no more goodbyes no more tears no more longing for a loved one it'll all be over with and every question answered what a day that's going to be does that stimulate you tonight to think about it it's not a fairy tale it's not a hope so it's just saith the lord Hallelujah. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. Hallelujah. Amen. Has he done something in your life? Has he changed your heart? Has he come and moved upon your life? Then why don't you just lift your hands and thank him for it. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Your mercy endureth forever. 
I know the sinner I once was, but I know who I am now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you need to tell that devil has been telling you, you're going to be a failure just like your mom, just like your dad, just like, I'm breaking cycles. I'm breaking cycles. I'm not turning back. I'm not turning around. Amen. By the grace of God, I'm going to wear a shining crown. I'm going to wear that new body. I'm going to wear that new body. I'm going to wear that new body. Satan, take your hands off of my mind. Take your hands off of my spirit. Take your hands off of my life. I will be there. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody going to sing. I, but my, let's just worship the Lord. Think about his goodness and his love and his mercy and all that he's done. What a mighty God we serve. He has not left you here alone. But his eyes upon you and he's watching over his own. Hallelujah.
And talk about happy I'm so happy
so happy. Amen. 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 Oh, while I was praying.